Hey everyone, I'm Kai, also known as Faskarain, and I'm joined here by someone who's not quite my co-host. Hi, I'm the chosen one legend, Matt here. Nah, I'm Sam. <laughs> <laughs> we have Sam, our editor, uh, thumbnail artist here, uh, because Matt's voice isn't working, so, you know, that's cool. Uh, I'll be running the show this time, uh, and Sam is here for me to make fun of him. So, <laughs> that is the plan. Wow. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're here talking about all the gaming highlights from the last month. Um, you know, uh, timestamps will be in the description, so if you want to skip around to any specific parts, have a look at that. But um, yeah, it's been an interesting month for gaming. Uh, what have you made of it, Sam, so far? Um, not a lot, um, but other than the typical Xenoblade playthrough, which obviously you guys are covering in quite a lot of depth already, uh, check those videos out if you haven't. Mm -hmm. um, a few other little bits and pieces, but more so just looking forward to things that are coming up over winter, to be honest. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I feel like it's been kind of... It's not been too special of a month, you know, we've not had any crazy directs or anything, but we're not completely mm. devoid of news, so it's been alright. It's kind of averaged out. Um, so I yeah. guess we'll jump straight into our first section, can't have a podcast about news, baby, if you're ready. Indeed I am. Alright, so, uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is maybe the biggest thing. Uh, it's the one that a lot of people have been looking at, and it is the Mario Bros. movie. Uh, it's the trailer that's come out, uh, we've heard all of their voices in action, and a lot of the animation, and just kind of the general premise. Um, what have you made of it so far, Sam? I I have mixed feelings still. I mm -hmm. do really, really like how the movie's looking. I mm -hmm. was not expecting um, the first poster when that dropped. Um, just the way they've brought the Mushroom Kingdom to life. It actually reminded me a lot of the Universal Studios Mushroom Kingdom. Um, mm -hmm. Just the way that it's been animated and all that. Um the voices I'm still sort of getting used to. I think mm -hmm. I think it's the same for everyone where we've all gotten used to the same voice actor doing the same voices for these characters for so long that we can't imagine them being voiced any other way. So Jack Black's Bowser I do really enjoy. I find it quite comedic and entertaining. Chris Pratt's Mario, I'm still sort of like, I think I need to hear more of it before I form a proper opinion on it. And I think that's what a lot of people are thinking because a lot of people are saying it just sounds like him. Um, but he's apparently gone on to say that he's done a drastic voice change for this role. Um, but I just don't think we've seen enough of it yet to make a form a proper opinion yet. No, yeah, I think the, the main point of contention in the trailer so far has been the voices is that it's like you say, everyone loves Jack Black's Bowser. I think it's the perfect casting, to be honest. Um, and, and it's almost kind of crazy how like they made Bowser look like Jack Black while also looking 100% like Bowser. I don't know how they did that, but like props to the animation team for like getting that design so well done. Um, 
I think outside of that, but yeah, the, the, the Chris Pratt voice is a big thing. Um, personally, I think, like, you know, obviously it doesn't sound like the, the Mario we're used to. Uh, it's very different. Um, and a lot of people are giving just a lot of criticism for it, which I kind of understand, but at the same time, I also really get that, like, having Charles Martinet's high-pitched Mario voice for the whole film might be a bit grating. And considering that yeah. it looks like the lore of this film is that Mario isn't, you know, he, he seems like he's from, like, Brooklyn, like in the Super Mario Bros. Super Show, it looks like it might be an isekai kind of situation, um, with, like, how he gets transported to the Mushroom Kingdom. Um, mm. So I kind of get, like, that he just has a kind of normal voice where I see people have been theorising that maybe it switches halfway through the film or something like that. Um, I guess we'll we'll see. Um but honestly, I don't mind it. Um, we can't hear much of it, but I'm hoping that maybe we do get a little bit of that Mario flair more in, you know, future lines that we may hear before the film releases. Um, so, on, personally, I don't care too much that it's not a super, you know, realistic Mario voice, because it's more of a neutral fitting tone for the film, so I, I'm kind of chill with it. Um yeah, it's one thing that I did think a lot about when they announced the movie. Um, just And I think a lot of people thought the same. What are they going to do in terms of the voices? Because a lot of them are... Like, when when we play the Mario games, they're not exactly fully voice acted or anything like that, apart from, like, right. Sunshine. We just hear small voice clips here and there, but imagine hearing those voices for an hour and a half straight would you get sick of them or would you still enjoy it by the end? It's so I think all of them being toned down a bit, I guess makes a bit of sense. Mm -hmm. um, even then, like I remember seeing speculation about how are these characters even going to be talking as much as what they do in the games or is like, what was the target audience meant to be? It was just a big question mark. But now I think that we're getting, We've gotten the trailer. We can sort of see that it's just a general movie, just with the Mario characters, really. Yeah, I think that's a good point. It's kind of one of those things that we'll have to see more of going forward, because um, I think overall, like, even let's say that Chris Pratt does, like, a very just, like, boring voice, and it's, like, the worst-case scenario of it's not a very good Mario voice. Let's say that does happen. Even then, I think it's going to be a spectacular movie. Like, I was worried... But, um, you know, it's like you said before, the animation looks so clean um, just across mm. the whole thing, especially the opening with Bowser just looked excellent. The rest of the voice casting seemed to be pretty good, at least. Um, mm. And I feel like the biggest thing was the references. Like, there were so many good references across the whole uh, trailer. Um, were there any, like, that stood out to you that you particularly liked? or I... Um... I saw a meme recently in regard to the penguins and mm -hmm. the penguin that you can just throw off the um, yeah. Super Mario 64 <laughs> stage. Yeah, um, no, it fits. <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I, I think that was probably the highlight in terms of references for me. What about mm. you? Yeah, I think that was definitely a high point of, like, seeing the penguin. It's like, oh, it's the penguin that you throw off in Mario 64. And then he goes, do you yield? And it's like, wow, okay, that's, wow, astonishing. Um, I, 
I'm not sure what I would exactly put my finger on as like my favourite reference. Um, I guess the thing I am looking forward to the most on that front is um, the the poster the the you know the movie poster we've seen for a while has quite a few bits scattered around, but also yes. the part with Luigi going to Bowser's castle. Uh, of course, it makes you know. Of course, we're going to be going to Bowser's castle. We saw it multiple times in the trailer, but having that Luigi part at the end makes me think that maybe we'll be getting like a Luigi B plot through the film or something to that effect. Um, and I, honestly, like I I'm so here it for that. Being like, it, it has to have some sort of tie into Luigi's Mansion. Like, I feel Imagine, like the. Yeah. I mean, they put Luigi with a bunch of dry bones. There's got to mm-hmm. be some booze. I cannot imagine where there is no Luigi's Mansion reference. I think I'm trying to think of a Mario game where Luigi's in it and there's no Luigi's Mansion reference. Uh, Paper Mario. <laughs> All of those okay, games. That, that That's a bit of a different scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Playing as um, Luigi in like any regular Mario side-scroller. <laughs> okay, but like any time that you go into like, let's say Mario Galaxy, um, where do you find Luigi? Yeah, I, I see your point. I, yeah. I think that there's definitely. I feel like it might be just like a one scene for like five minutes or so, where it kind of leans mm-hmm. into that, and I'm I'm here for it. Um, yeah. I kind of have an idea of like. I feel like how the general plot is going to go might be kind of straightforward. Is that Mario and Luigi are like plumbers and. In, in Brooklyn, uh, or, or New York, or whatever. Um, and then the name of the guy, the, the name has slipped out of my head, but the, um, was it the lieutenant, or whatever it is, um, is going to be in that real world. Um, lieutenant Chuck? I can't remember. Uh, but then, yeah, like, Mario falls into a pipe, and falls into the Mario world, and it's like, oh, you need to save the kingdom. So, you know, he starts exploring the Mushroom Kingdom, then Bowser becomes, like, a threat that they're aware of, um, and Mario, like, sets off to, you know, go defeat him. And then I think at some point, like, in the film, sort of maybe early on, Luigi's like, oh, well, where's Mario? He also jumps down the pipe, and then that's where, like, his B-plot comes in, and then they probably, you know, meet up nearer the end of the film to, you know, see it out. Uh, with kind of Bowser's castle possibly being the climax, but... I mean, I'm I'm purely speculating uh, and kind of waffling at this point, but the uh, the point is is that like it looks like it's going to rack up to be a really good film, and more than mm. anything else, I think that it's got a lot of potential for sequels and like sort of more in both Mario and Nintendo as a whole on the movie front. I think there's a lot of potential that they could be building up to with a sequel that maybe does focus on like Luigi and Luigi's Mansion, or maybe it goes a different direction with the Mario series. Um, there's a lot of different ways it could go on that front. Yeah, um, I have seen a lot of speculation about like a Nintendo cinematic universe. It's the dream. Um, <laughs> with uh, I don't know how I feel about this one, but with Sonic crossovers, I'd be um, down. I'd be down, but I feel like the issue that I'm having is that is. It, that's meant to be a live-action remake, whereas this is mm. entirely animated. That's true. That, I'm sure that's they could find I a go. way to make it work. Uh, I'm sure they could. But then imagine what's... Um, 
what's his name again? The actor. Um, imagine like him as a human versus Mario as a human. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, it, it's I mean, literally New Dog City all over again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I feel like there could be something that works there. Um, I wouldn't. I'm not gonna like you know put too many bets onto the cinematic universe being a thing yet, but. I feel like this does open up at least things for like a Zelda movie and stuff like that. There's a lot of potential on that front. Um, Zelda and I'll round movie out... I can get behind. Go on, yeah. Like, uh, and I, I will round out this section by saying I hope we get a Mario Kart section in the middle of the movie. Um, oh, so. I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's the biggest, you know, part of the Mario series. Um... But anyway, I'll leave you thinking about that, and let's move on to the next part, which is going to be Scarlet and Violet updates. So there's been a couple of these scattered around. I've personally not kept amazing track of them. But, uh, you know, we've seen a couple bits here and there. They've been talking more about how, you know, there's these different paths to go in the game. There's the regular story path of getting the badges. There's fighting against Team Star and, and you know, other exploration. Um... And in particular, one of the biggest things they've had as part of a marketing front is showing off one of the gym leaders, Iono, I believe her name is. Yeah. Um, so she is, uh, I mean, let's just be real, she's like an idol slash VTuber. <laughs> like, that's literally it at this point. Yeah. Um, I, the design screens I don't it. think there's other, I don't think there's any other way to describe it, like... <laughs> it, she is giving off the energy that I think every other VTuber gives. Yep, literally. It's the exact same energy from the stuff I have seen, at least. Which admittedly isn't much, so maybe this is wildly inaccurate. But, um, you know, I guess it's a cool design, at least. Um, you know, she had all of her marketing things of, like, talking to the cameras and, and her Magnemite. But her big thing was showing off a new Pokemon, which was Belly Bolt. Do you have any thoughts on Belly Bolt, Sam? You are the Pokemon uh, extraordinaire <laughs> here. Um, I I don't know if this is intentional or not. A lot of people have been commenting on it. Um, but Belly Bolt looks like the beta Politoed. Yeah, it um, does. And people love it for it. It it mm -hmm. I don't. I can't really confirm or deny if this is the case because I don't think the Pokemon company would ever say that it is. Um, right. But if it is, I feel like that is actually an amazing thing. And there is a few leaks going around and I know that with the different sort of mechanics that they're introducing, if that is the case, they're opening the door to a lot of interesting different forms of beloved fan favorite pokemon that people also love the beta designs for so i would mm -hmm. be interested to see some more like that but i still have a lot of doubts that that is the case yeah i understand that i mean it's possibly just a coincidence but uh you know it kind of does bring on the point of more regional forms appearing because they do love doing their regional forms at this point um, so, you know, is there any ideas on, like, ones of those that you might want to see of your favourite Pokemon, or anything like that? I... 
I have a very deep soft spot for Gen 1's... A lot of people are going to hate me for this. Um, oh, Seal nice. and Dugon. Are I they particularly don't... notable? I can't remember. No, they're really Oh, not. okay. <laughs> um, they're like... I've had this discussion with a friend before where I was trying to explain to him that Seal and Dugon are Gen 1 Pokemon. And then he was really like, this is like my other nerdy Pokemon friend. And he was really like, no, that's a Gen 5 Pokemon. I was like, what? Dude, no. You're kidding. Um, yeah, a <laughs> lot of five. people... It, it's because he was confusing Dugon with, like, Walren. Mm-hmm. Oh, or, like, Seismitoad that's, and that's those gen... Pokemon. I was going to say, Walrein is, like, Gen 3, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, Walrein's Gen 3, Seismitoad's Gen 5. Um... Yeah, it's it's a very forgettable Pokemon. I would love to see that Pokemon be brought back to life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I've got. It, I literally have no other comments than it's adorable. Um, I I don't what? know. It's like the way I feel about Seal is the way. That kid feels about corn. That that's all I've got to say. Don't bring that up on this podcast. Sam. Get out of here. We let you on for one monthly podcast, and this is what you do. Okay. Um. Anyway, I stand by what I said. Anyway, let's uh talk about the other uh new Pokemon that seems to have captured people's hearts, and it is. Oh, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. Graveyard is that? Graveyard. I think you can. I think you can literally just say graveyard. Okay, the graveyard Pokemon, the dog, the doggo, um, that is one of the new Pokemon, I believe it was ghost type, um, it's got a very spooky but also very wholesome design, uh, I mean, I really like it, uh, kind of like the Pikachu clones, we have, like, most gens like to have a dog Pokemon nowadays, like we had, um, what's the name, Bolton, and then the, I can't even remember the pre-evolution's name now. Yampa. Yampa, that's the one. Um, so, you know, this is kind of cool. I like it. Again, it's very wholesome. Uh, what do you think, Sam? I love it. it it's adorable. It's got my heart. <laughs> I feel like any cute Pokemon I would love, I don't care if it's competitively viable or not. If it's adorable, <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> it, I find it quite interesting the concept behind it literally sucking the life out of people. Um, mm-hmm. I find my dogs actually do the same to me. I do love them, but they suck the life out of me. So, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got one dog who literally, if I walk in the door, she will just bring me her ball. And she will bring me her ball back and forth for hours and hours on end until I have exhausted myself. It That's... That's Chloe. Graveyard. So rather than the dog being dead, you're dead. That's what we're getting at here. Okay, brilliant. Um, (laughs) So yeah, has there been anything else that you're aware of that's like really recent in the Pokemon world? Because I think those are the main things, is just those Pokemon and then the big sort of overall, oh, look at these like adventures you can go on. Yeah, um, well, there was actually, I don't know if it was mentioned, but Giraffarig got an evolution. Oh, yeah, that's um, true. 
um, Frigoraf, if yeah, very clever correctly. name. I love that name. Yeah. <laughs> um, the concept is not what I originally thought it was going to be. Um, I thought it was going to be just the tail becoming like its own head entirely. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't think the two heads were going to merge. Um, but that was probably a big one for a lot of people. Um, and I, I'm not sure if this was covered in the previous podcast, but Wiglet. It wasn't. Um, uh, ooh, it wasn't. I can't remember for that one. Huh. Anyway, talk about it anyway. I don't think we did. Wiglet. I, it's weird. I find it adorable. Um, I wouldn't like group it with seal and graveyard personally. Um, because it's quite literally just Diglett, but white. Um, it's, but... it's very long. Yes. <laughs> it extends. Um, I do love bringing the, um, convergent species through into Pokemon. Um, it, cause it literally just replicates convergent evolution in the real world. Um, mm -hmm. where they are completely different species but they've evolved into something similar it just adds that extra layer of depth to the lore behind pokemon and sort of i like it when video games can especially like pokemon because it's aimed at children it's educating children in biology if you want to look at it that deeply um, that's very deep for pokemon <laughs> yeah um but at the same time, when you look at a lot of what you know about bizarre random things that might have helped you through school, where did you most likely learn them? Pokemon? Is that what you're getting at? No, no not Pokemon specifically. <laughs> um, video games. Um, what but, school did you yeah, go I, to? <laughs> a Catholic school. So propaganda okay. and all sorts. But yeah, that... That's my thoughts on the matter. <laughs> sure. Um, well, there you go. There's a lot of Pokemon stuff happening, and it will be coming out... Uh, what is it? This, is it this month? Uh, two weeks from now, as wow, I'm recording this, on weeks. the 18th. Yeah, oh we, goodness, okay. It's close, <laughs> and we don't know... It's in the same boat as Sword and Shield, where they didn't reveal a lot before the release of the game. Mm -hmm. And... I will say it's time to be careful for those who don't want to be spoiled because review copies are out and people are playing the game and a few photos have come out. Um, not of anything spoilery yet. Um, but I would say around this time next week, you can probably expect some images to start going around. So yeah. might be block Pro Safe your gaming on YouTube and just yeah. go off Twitter entirely. That's the strat. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's good though. It's it's coming out soon. I won't be picking it up personally, but I hope that it ends up being a good game that I maybe can get around to eventually. So. Um, I guess with that, we'll move on to our third piece of news for this month, uh, just to touch on briefly. And it is the Xenoblade 3 Collector's Edition has actually happened now for the UK. Now, I know, like, you've already had it, Sam. You've had it for, what, like, months at this point? You've been teasing us endlessly, so... <laughs> yeah. 
That's I've <laughs> had it for about a month and a half, I think, at this point. Um, <laughs> when the whole pre-order situation happened, Australia and New Zealand were not affected. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. There was the initial hiccup of just the website not working, and then the following day it started working for us because I guess either Xenoblade's not a big thing here in Australia or... That's why Australia's, like, mid. Anyway, um, <laughs> Anyways, um, but yeah, literally the whole, I want to say, five months I've had it ordered and you guys have had to wait. I have been just relentlessly mocking you guys. Mm-hmm. You have. <laughs> I remember yeah. James tweeted something. And I replied with something like sobbing into my Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Collector's Edition art book. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Uh, it, so you, it was a you've lot been of enjoying fun. it, is the point. Yeah. And well, we the worst part jealous. is I can't fully enjoy it because I've still not finished the game and I don't want to spoil myself with what's potentially in that book. I know commenters like shame him for not having played it. Um, anyway, Wait. so. Um, for the UK, uh, we had the, you know, we, of course there was the issue in America with ordering it because the website kept crashing and they clearly hadn't prepared supply properly, um, which isn't a problem on, like, Monolith's part. I think that's Nintendo's decision-making team not, not really thinking (laughs) through the popularity of Xenoblade nowadays. Um, and just basically, long story short, the website messed up a lot, if anyone doesn't remember. And, you know, the thought process was, well, it's been, like, maybe two months since then. Uh, Surely for the EU, um, they've, like, thought it out, they've prepared, they've made sure that the website's not going to crash. So, you know, the day kind of arrives where, like, you know, subtly it goes out, and that's strike one. Um, You know, the pre-orders are open without anyone knowing. People probably made a mistake. Uh, strike two is that the website immediately crashes, and then strike three is they continue not to say a word about it. <laughs> so, it's just, it was just a massive mess, um, with our pre-ordering, but they eventually got it to work. Most of us got our pre-orders in, and, uh, collector's editions have, of course, arrived as well, um... So, yeah, with that aside, we can actually talk about what's in the Collector's Edition. So what have you looked at, Sam? Um, Essentially everything aside from the art book. Um, I had a look at the first few pages of, like, the main character's designs. Um, But beyond that, I have not looked further. Um, Obviously, there's, like, the steelbook um and all the other fun stuff that comes with it i've actually got it like fairly close to me i can see the box from where i'm sitting um Mm -hmm. but yeah other than that i've looked at basically everything else um cool i've not got too much i can say um because i feel like my main focus and appeal of getting the collector's edition is the art book um Mm -hmm. as bit of a um nerd who loves concept art and seeing designs evolve that's where my point of interest is basically always at um Mm -hmm. still books i'm not too crazy on like if it comes with the item i'll grab it but it's nice um 
yeah, I'm not going to go out of my way to get a steel book, really. Mm. Um, I, I take care of my things. I don't need extra protection for a video game cartridge. True. Um, uh, but what about you? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, outside of that steel book and the art book, there really isn't anything in there. Because uh, the game, yeah. of course, we already had, so it's kind of empty, but hey, I mean, I'm happy with it nonetheless. The box itself is really cool, so it's just nice to yeah. own. Um, the <laughs> art book, I won't touch on it too much, but essentially uh, it is really good. Um, the artwork in there is amazing. Um, they've got a bit of everything in there, you know, characters and design ideas and whatnot. I feel like my favourite part of it, though, hands down, was the location section of the art book. Um, oh my god, it was phenomenal. Like, uh, I can't even really describe it, but just take my word for it. Like, if you do happen to stumble across that section of the book online or see any pictures of it, like, every single piece of concept art for the locations in the game uh, was just phenomenal. Like, some of the best artwork I've ever seen. Um, it really looked, like, creative, and it's so much more than we even got in the game itself. So, like, yeah, an absolute highlight of the the art book. Makes the whole art book worth it, to be honest. Um, I would so, yeah. like to know that I have never heard Kai speak like that. <laughs> so what if do you he mean? has, like, go into essentially repeating like, 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 like over and over and over again. Okay. Um, it was good, you, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got me some slack. <laughs> um, if it is good enough to make Kai become a basic white girl after two drinks, I'm <laughs> sure other people will enjoy it. Yes, you will enjoy it, okay. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, moving <laughs> on, let's leave that. There's, that's all the, like, the main news for the month. There might have been some other tiny bits, you know, Bayonetta and stuff released, but we're not going to cover all that. That's, that's, that's all been and gone. It's just Twitter, full stop. Um, so... Let's move on to games time, baby, where we were thinking about what games we've played this month, and we had nothing. <laughs> we had yeah. nothing. We've not... I mean, I've been playing Splatoon 3 all month again, but, you know, I've talked about... I've, I've sung my praises of that game. Uh, Sam here is not a gamer because he has, like, life responsibilities and, and stuff. I don't really understand that, but he does. Um, I have a mortgage. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, he, he does like life responsibility things, so you know, he, he's not a gamer. He can't he can't be a D Gen gamer that, that plays Splatoon all day. But um My flame clock's ticking, I need to get a move on. <laughs> he still hasn't played Xenoblade Three. Uh so... I'm on I'm on chapter three. <laughs> yes. So what we have instead is we're going to it's still games time, baby, but we're gonna be looking at what we would like to play uh, sort of over the winter period, you know, we've got Christmas where, you know, time off will be a thing for more people. Um, and there's games that we haven't quite played yet that maybe we're looking forward to. So we kind of just want to touch on a couple of those instead and, you know, talk about our hopes for playing it, our expectations, what we know of it already. So, Sam, would you like to kick us off with one of yours? Um, yes, I'll start with one that we've briefly covered already, so I get it out of the way. Um, Scarlet and Violet, I am really looking forward to it. I am really appreciative of the fact that they are moving 
away from just the basically one store it making it more than just a game that can be completed in a day really if you over level your pokemon there's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot more depth in it and it's taken the elements of legends arceus and other just general feedback that a lot of the pokemon community i i have feelings about the pokemon community but they do <laughs> like to say that they don't get hurt a lot um which is partly true um and also partly for the fact that they can't make their main their mind up half the time um <laughs> but moving on um it seems to have fixed a lot of issues for a lot of people um pokemon the Pokemon Company and Game Freak have sort of realized that a lot of their audience, I would imagine more so their target audience is obviously children, but they do have a large following of adults and they're catering to both because they understand children aren't entirely as dumb as what people make them out to be sometimes. So they can play this game they are the sole reason that pokemon is so high selling nowadays (laughs) yeah so yeah that's i'm personally really looking forward to it um i know i think after the last three generations six seven and eight a lot of people have sort of fallen off the bandwagon um Mm -hmm. but i i still have hope um and yeah. the Pokemon designs I've thoroughly enjoyed. Um, they're a little ugly, but I think that's what gives them charm. <laughs> that is Pokemon, for sure. Uh, people have said that about me too, to be fair. So, um, yeah, you, you know, no Pokemon. I don't like <laughs> Okay. All right, fine. Um, I've seen so you yeah, in person now. I can that's... say that for a fact. You can, unfortunately. <laughs> um so that's kind of your thoughts on Pokemon, of course, that will be coming out soon, like we've said. Uh, yeah, I think that the game is, you know, I hope it's really good. Um, the open world elements they're trying to explore, I hope that they've executed. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Um, mm. So I have kind of two smaller games that I'm looking at maybe exploring a little bit more. Of course, over Christmas, I'm still going to be playing a ton of Splatoon 3. Uh, I've been just having a, an amazing time with it. And you know what? I've got like, I think, 70-odd hours in the game, 60 maybe. Um, and I've not even played ranked yet. I've only been playing story mode, turf war, and table turf. But anyway, um, outside of that, uh, there's kind of two roguelike games I'd like to talk about that I'd like to play um, over the next month. That If I do end up playing, I'll talk about next month as well, of course. Um, the first one is Dome Keeper. Now, Domekeeper is kind of the big roguelike game uh, that's out at the moment um it's kind of where you have you crash land on a space planet and you have a dome that you live in and the, there are like monsters on a timer that come and attack your base and you have a laser to defeat them but whenever they're not attacking you have to dig underground and collect like different ores to upgrade your dome you know make it stronger get better at mining more upgrade your defenses um, and the purpose is to kind of get deep enough in that you find a special device that wards them off and you can escape the planet. Um, so it's a really interesting mix of like, you know, trying to balance your resources between using for further mining or fighting and, you know, taking down these creatures that are trying to attack. Um, it's just kind of one of those addicting ones that you can replay and 
just over and over and over again and see how you can optimize it and that sort of thing. So, you know, that's Stonekeeper. It's the big one. Um, I'm hoping that I have a good time with it, and I think I will. The way you described Um... that just made me immediately go, hey, <laughs> that kind of sounds like Pikmin. it's not Pikmin, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not, but the way that you started that off, it's like, oh, yeah, you crash land on a planet, you've got this dome, Oh, and you yeah. gather this and that. I was like, Uh, it's just huh. Xenoblade <laughs> X's plot. <laughs> there you go. We have to have another Xenoblade reference apart from the collector's editions. So there we are. Shouts to X. Um, so, the other game, uh, kind of a smaller one, is a game called Slice and Dice. It's another roguelike game. Uh, it's like a turn based one where you go into a dungeon with five heroes and they each have a dice that you can roll, so you can kind of keep re rolling them like Yahtzee. And, you know, their roles will be things like, oh, an attack that deals two damage, or two shield, two healing, two mana. And uh, at the end of your turn, when you've rolled for all of your characters, you can kind of pick out what you want to use. Um, your enemies also have dice that they will use um, at the end of your turn against you. Uh, and then you just kind of keep going through the dungeon, you know, you upgrade your dice for each of your five characters. You can upgrade their classes, because there's like a plethora of classes. Um, there's like relics that you have in classic roguelikes, um, a ton of different enemies, difficulties. Um, it's one where I only have the demo of it so far, just to like get a feel for it. And I've beaten it like five times. A run takes maybe like 20 minutes, half an hour. And it's just so fun that I keep going back to the demo already. So I'm kind of looking forward to maybe playing the full game and seeing what more they have there. Um, just another fun like... sort of turn-based game to make me rip my hair out, you know, because <laughs> it's a luck-based game. Um, I've got my experiences with them, we'll say that. <laughs> um... Ooh, I'm having flashbacks to Kai's very <laughs> mid-streams. No further well, comment. I'm, I might end up streaming them, we'll see. Um, we'll get to plugs at the end, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, what about your other game that you were thinking of? playing soon, Sam. Talk about it, despite your life responsibilities. Um, aside from playing Homeowner Simulator in real life and paying off my massive debt, um... Bayonetta 3 is a big one that I really want to try and get to. I've literally bought the game. It is sitting on my desk next to my Switch, which has been untouched for a little while. Um, I really want to get to that at some point. I might even like play a bit of Xenoblade 3 and then at one point take a little break from it to play Bayonetta. I did finish... one and two in literally a day, like a day for each of them. Um, Wow. <laughs> so I'm almost anticipating I could get through this in a day as well. Um, that's if I have a full day that I can dedicate to playing the game. Um, but yeah, that it looks really interesting. Um, I know that there's a few people that, tried to sort of put a downturn on the game right before it came out. I won't touch on that too much, but I, it looks interesting to me. I think Multiverses at the moment is a very big and popular sort of plot point for a lot of things. Is that a spoiler? Um, Or...
No. Oh, okay, that's fine. It's in, I it's in, it's in all the game. Tr- Kai, oh, okay. I've not played the game yet. <laughs> that's true. Okay, cool. Just making sure I didn't know if it was or not. <laughs> no, um, there's a bunch of different versions of Bayonetta. Um, it, it's quite... It looks very interesting. It's not the direction I was expecting the game to go into after the end of 2. Um, <laughs> but in saying that, I don't think there's a massive overarching story in the Bayonetta series. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've not played this game yet, so I don't know if there is. I could be proven very wrong. Um, the comment section might come at me. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to playing it. Um, and yeah, that that's about it for me in the next month. That's mm-hmm. if I yeah. get more than five hours to dedicate to my Switch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Bayonet is, of course, it's had a bit of a rocky start on release with, with all the stuff going on. But, um, you know, it looks like the game is getting good reviews overall and, and everything like that. So it looks like it's maybe sort of set up to be a good experience for you. Um, yeah. And I guess that is kind of it for today. Um, so, you know, uh, our chosen one legendless time is coming to a close, unfortunately. Uh, on the plus side, though, we will be getting rid of you, Sam. So that's all, you know, that's all good. Um, so, um, yes. Okay. Um Thank you, Sam, for joining me today, though. Uh, it has been a good one. Uh, it has not been feeling. a pleasure for me. Okay, brilliant. Um, <laughs> so, okay. You've got to do the thumbnail now for rudeness. That's the, that's the rules. Um, so, you know, if you want to hear more from us, uh, check out our YouTube channel. Uh, you know, we've got a bunch of stuff there. We're also on all the other podcasting sites. Uh, personally, I do occasionally listen back to my voice on Spotify and cringe at myself. Um, so, you know, we're all there. How do you there. think I feel when I edit? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, you know, if you do want to hear more from us, turn notifications on, because we will be posting a lot of Xenoblade-based discussions over the next month or two. Uh, you know, we'll be talking about the whole game and whatnot. Um, I am going to do a little self-plug of over on my Faskarain channel. Um, when this releases, the day after is when I'll start uploading my highlights from Xenoblade 3 over to YouTube. Um, and they're kind of cut up a little bit differently. So if you were at all curious about my experience with Xenoblade 3, then, you know, over on my YouTube channel, it will all be there, uh, kind of cut up into the more exciting parts and the cutscenes. So, you know, look forward to that. And um, I, I think that's about it. Am I missing anything, Sam? What have I missed? <laughs> um, I think that's it. Um, unless you've Yay! got some other... <laughs> upcoming stream highlights that you want to point out well um, yeah that's true um over on twitch when this does release i'll be back to streaming again doing non-xenoblade stuff so there won't be any spoilers uh i'll just be kind of doing a mix of everything a lot of multiplayer so if you have the switch and you have online then feel free to join in uh sam you don't get to join because time zones so <laughs> time zones bad wi wheel. <laughs> Um, Kai being mid. Um, Thanks. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess we'll end it off there. So um, thank you guys for listening to us ramble for all of this time. I appreciate it. 
And uh, yeah, we'll see you all in the next one. Goodbye for now, lads. See ya. We did it. Yay.